Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Don't you just love that? I love that. When I was a little girl, one of the churches that we went to sang that every single Sunday. Oh, wow, nice, nice. Every Sunday we sang that, and I thought, oh. Um, no, it wasn't. It was a, it was a full gospel, tongue-talking, spirit-moving church. So, yeah, I was, I was so fortunate that when I was six years old, the church that we went to, they believed that everybody should be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody should be speaking in tongues, and, and that we should do it all the time. Good morning. Good to see you. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I feel a little bit casual today. I hope that's okay with you guys. My, I wore my shoes called my uglies. They're blue, and they're, they're just slip-on blue shoes. Haley and I have this thing where... We always have to have a pair of ugly shoes that match. So, and they are ugly. They're, you just, they're ugly. They're called the uglies for a reason. And we just we put them on when we just feel like wearing ugly shoes together. And so we'll just go out in public like that, wearing our uglies and not care what people think. And one time they had like a giant pom-pom on the top. And, um, but these ones are blue. And, and I've been using them for my garden. So I went to water my garden this morning with my uglies on because we hooked the hose up to the front of the house now so I have to open the gate and go out there and turn it on and I can't go out in my nightgown because now I'm using the spigot from the front and I don't want my neighbors to see me in my nighty. so um, it's a small neighborhood you guys not something I want to see a photo of me on next door in my nighty. This is my neighbor watering her garden. No, thank you. So I had to get dressed before I went out there, but I didn't want to put on my good shoes because in a garden, it's messy, right? Like I'm going to get mud all over my shoes or water all over my shoes, and I thought, yeah, just wear my uglies. But then I forgot to change them. And I got here, and I was like, well, I guess I'm wearing my uglies today, which I have wore a few times. I just, you know, forget to change my shoes or whatever, but... Anyway, so I'm feeling a little casual today. I hope that's okay. You can kick your shoes off, as long as your feet don't stink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. I, it's fun. It's fun. We, we do fun things together like that all the time. So we have to, you know, we're, we're on the lookout for new uglies, you know, just because our uglies are getting worn out. Um, We'll go to like Ross or something like that, and we used to go to the Dillard's Clearance House where they would have all these expensive shoes on clearance, and so our first pair of uglies were marked down from like a hundred and some dollars down to like 10 bucks. And we were like, who would pay anything for these shoes? And then we're just like, we have to have these. You know, we tried them on and we were like, 
we have to have these. <laughs> so we bought them, you know. Anyways, it was just fun. It's just a fun thing. So I want to I wanna ask you guys questions today and talk about some, some really cool things um, of, that the Lord has been showing me and helping me with, and I think it's going to help you. But before we do any of that, I want to ask you guys if you have any questions about healing or about the teachings that you've been receiving in healing school or on Sunday, or if you have any questions about your Bible reading. Um, just so you know, I can't always answer your questions because, unfortunately, I don't know everything yet. <laughs> I endeavor to know everything, but I'm just not there yet. So if you guys have any questions, I'm happy to try to answer them or to tell you I don't know either. <laughs> um, but if you have any questions, I, I do believe with all my heart that if you get your questions answered and settle the answer in your heart, that you're going to be able to receive from God better and quicker than ever before. Amen? So if you have any questions, and if I'm preaching or teaching here in healing school, if you have a question, you can raise your hand, but you can also write it down and ask at the end. Um, you know, if I'm teaching, I'm more apt to answer a question. If I'm really in the flow of the Holy Spirit, I'm probably just going to be like, can you ask me later? And if you're okay with that, I'm okay with that. Amen? Praise God. Good morning, Jenny. You're a powerful warrior for Christ. You really are. Praise God. Okay, so this is exciting. Um, how many of you guys know what faith is? What, well, let me just ask, what is faith? Right, that is the biblical definition, King James Version, straight out of the book. But what does that mean? Confident assurance, okay. Believe God, believe his word, that's it. I, she said confident assurance, and she said believe God, believe his word. Um, we should get a cordless microphone. Could you help remind me to get one? And then we'll be able to pass that around. Because I've noticed some things that uh, Mary Dale has said have been like, oh my gosh, I want that recorded. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll do my best to repeat until we get a cordless mic. And then we'll have it. Praise God. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay, faith is knowing that he will. Knowing. knowing. Okay, good. Good. Okay, so do you have faith? That's a question. I ask myself this question all the time. And of course, the first answer that my, my flesh wants to say is just, yes, of course I have faith. What do you think I am? Some kind of heathen? Yes, I have faith. But then I, I have to examine my faith and just get quiet before the Lord and say, God, where's my faith? Do I have faith? Where, where is my faith on this matter? How much faith do I have 
for this particular thing. And the reason I do that is because I've noticed over the years there's a difference between, oh, I'm believing God for a million dollars and never getting that million dollars, and I'm believing God that I'll have enough money for gas this week, and then having enough money for gas this week. Like, there's a big difference between those things, and, you know, I, I would love to believe God for a million dollars. I would. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I used to say, I'm believing God for $8 million, a million for my dad, a million for my mom, for my sister Jeannie, for my sister Penny, for my brother Chris, for my brother Josh, for me, and another million for my parents to buy a nice home. And that was my, my $8 million that I was believing God for. Well, unfortunately, that hasn't come to pass yet, and I can tell you why, because I didn't have the capacity of faith to actually believe for $8 million right? Like, we got by, but it wasn't like we didn't win the lottery. You know, every time my parents would buy a lottery ticket, I would just believe that we'd win, but we didn't win. Go ahead. Did you not have the faith, or did you not have the patience? I think it was a faith thing. I think I didn't have the capacity for the faith. Because I'm going through that right now with what's going on with my boss. Mm -hmm. Faith is believing, and the thing about real faith is that real faith is not persuaded by doubt. It's not persuaded by time. It doesn't matter if it takes one minute or one million years. Real faith does not move. Real faith cannot be moved. It cannot be nudged. It cannot be knocked down. It is a stronghold. Faith is a stronghold, but sometimes we have a weak stronghold, and, and that can be moved, you know, and that, that's okay. You know, Jesus says in the Bible, well, yeah, Jesus says in the Bible, he talks to people, and he says, O ye of little faith, right? We hear that in the, in the word of God, and we think, I don't want Jesus to say that to me, O ye of little faith. And then, of course, there's that righteous in indignation that my flesh has that says, well, I could have a faith as little as a mustard seed, and I can move a mountain, so ha on the little faith, right? But, but we really have to examine where our faith is at. We really have to say, in, in, in each situation, it might be different. Like, in finances, for example, I used to, when I was raising my kids, I used to believe God for grocery money every single week. And when I would go to the store, sometimes I would have three or four dollars and I would have to make that last as long as possible. Like you're not buying a gallon of milk for three or four dollars, but probably a loaf of bread and a bag of rice, right? Like I'm, I'm clear, and maybe some dry milk powder if it's in a small enough pouch, right? Like I'm, I'm understanding, these are back when prices were lower. <laughs> But I was understanding what I could buy, how I could make it last, and all of that. So I would have to go to the store with my couple of dollars and say, God, I am believing you that you are going to meet our needs. And then when I would start shopping, everything that I needed to buy was on sale. Everything that I needed to buy. Like there was sometimes there was bread marked down to a nickel. 
a nickel for a loaf of bread that's normally was normally 99 cents. And I thought, well, praise God, I can get two loaves of bread. I can make sandwiches. I've got peanut butter at home. I've got homemade jelly at home. We got, we got sandwiches. And then all of a sudden, I'd see dry milk powder marked down to 25 cents for a box. And here I would buy it. And then tomato sauce would be on sale. Eight cans for a dollar, 16 cans for a dollar. And I was like, okay, we're going to get a few cans of this. And so I would leave the store paying 3 to $5 for groceries for about a week. And that's where my faith was at. And for some reason, I wasn't able to just believe God for more cash, but I was able to take the cash I had and believe God for that it would go further, right? And that's where, when I examined my faith at, at that point in time, that's where my faith was at. Eventually, I got to the point where I could start believing God for more finances. And, okay, God, I'm going to believe you that I will have $100 for groceries this month for our family. And then, sure enough, I would have $100 for groceries for the month for our family. So then I, of course, would up it 125 I wanted to up it to 800 because that's what, when I did the budget, I needed $800 a month to feed my family. If nothing was on sale, if we actually ate meat, which we're not vegetarians, but meat's expensive, right? So you know, you know what I'm saying here. Um, if I wanted to buy paper towels and not conserve on toilet paper and not buy the cheap stuff, and if I wanted to buy the spray stuff for your counter, you know, the antibacterial spray and, and soap for the dishes, I needed um, $800 a month. But that's not where my faith was at, you guys. And I could not believe God for that much. But if I kept saying to myself, I believe God for $800 this month and, and wasn't really acknowledging where my capacity for faith was, you know, we wouldn't have been able to, we wouldn't have been able to do as well as we did, right? Because I was ignoring, if I had done that, I would be ignoring the reality of the capacity of my faith, okay? So we all have a capacity for faith. God has given each and every one of us a measure of faith. In fact, he's, he's no respecter of persons, so he's given us all the exact same measure. He's given us all the exact same measure of faith. But we have to choose whether we're going to develop it or not develop it? Are we gonna let our faith lay dormant or are we gonna put our faith to work and make it be active faith, right? And so then there's this centurion in Luke chapter seven and he comes to Jesus and he says, hey, you know, Jesus, my servant's at home and he's really, really sick and he's probably gonna die, but if you will say the word, I am a man under authority, and I have men under me in authority. And if I say to this man, go and do this, then he goes and does it. And if my superior says to me, go and do this, then I'll go and do it. I believe that if you speak the word only, then my servant will be healed. And if you can just imagine this um, this mindset of this centurion in this moment, he was under the authority of Rome, right? Caesar. And Caesar was able to say, whatever Caesar said 
had to come to pass, right? Like, as soon as he said something, whether it was raining or snowing, I don't know if it snows in Italy, but whether it was raining or whether it was dry, it didn't matter if it was day or if it was night, it didn't matter. These Roman soldiers had to go and carry out the Caesar's order. It didn't matter if they weren't feeling good, if their family, if they had family commitments. No, the alternative was death. You do what Caesar says if you want to keep your life, right? So this is his mindset, and he's understanding authority because he's under authority, but he's also understanding authority, authority because he's over somebody in authority, and, he, and he's responsible to make sure that his servants do what he tells them to do. He has to discipline them if they don't do what they're supposed to do. He has to get them in line because he wants to keep his life, right? And so he understands authority. And so then Jesus turns around to the crowd and he says to the whole crowd, he says, wow, I have not seen so great a faith in all of Israel. Can you imagine? He tells his disciples who are walking with him, oh, ye of little faith. And then he tells the crowd about the centurion and says, I have not seen so great a faith, not in all of Israel. So we know that you can have a little faith or we know you can have great faith, right? We know that God has given us all the measure of faith, so faith can be measured, right? And so when we start thinking about it like that, we have to analyze ourselves, not every day, but every once in a while and say, what is my capacity for faith? What is my capacity for faith regarding what I'm believing God for? Because I can sit here all day long and tell you I'm believing God for $8 million, but that's not my capacity for faith right now. I wish it was. I hope it gets there someday. I'm sure it will. I believe that it will. But that's not where it is. But where my capacity for believing God is now is far more than $5 for groceries, far more than $800 for groceries. It's far more than that right now because over the years, I have developed that faith. I have grown the faith that God has given me and I have put it to work, right? Like we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Oh, hold on a second. This is important. Um, how do you spell veterinarian? Ah. One, go ahead, Marydale. V E T. No, go ahead, Diane. Vetra. Veterinarian. I think I got it. Okay. Okay. Well, there's a, okay, so Haley's cat had cancer, and she's fine. She's getting healed. She's perfectly fine. Um, she had three lumps on her, and PetSmart wanted to do surgery, and I, and I looked at Haley, and I said, oh, I, 
let's take her to an integrative veterinarian and see what alternative methods there are. So we found this one, and she's given her an herb that this cat has been taking over the past six months, and two of the lumps are completely gone, and the last one is almost gone. So like I said, she's fine. She's a very old cat, and like, I think she's 16 years old, so she's a very old cat. She's perfectly healthy otherwise, but we just didn't want to risk, a, you know, and we couldn't afford a cat surgery anyway, so I said, let's go get some herbs and see what we can do. Um, but anyways, Ryan's going to pick up some more herbs, and they were asking for the address, and so I was giving him the website to find it. That's why I said it's important. Sorry. Um, Oh, yeah, I am, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's fine. Jennifer Jennifer got a cat because I promised her one, and when Haley was little, she asked for a cat, and I said, absolutely not, and then, and then I said, unless you pray to God and God brings you one. And so she said, okay. So then Haley went out, and she started praying to God for a cat, and lo and behold, this cat shows up at our door. And I'm, I'm like, nope, nope. And she's like, but I prayed for this cat. I said, that's great. She could be our front yard cat. That's fine. And so over the next course of a couple of months, we found out that she was pregnant, you know, because she was a stray cat. And she was the sweetest cat. And she was pregnant, and, I, and she'd never been in our backyard. And she's got this gigantic belly, and they're asking me, can we bring the cat in to give her birth? I said, no, not unless... She gets in our backyard on the night of delivery, scratches at my back door. Then I will know that this cat was sent from God, and we will let this cat in. So sure enough, somehow this very pregnant cat jumps a six-foot fence to get in my backyard, scratches at my back door, and I, so I said to the kids, okay, set up the kennel, and of course they're like, well, it's already set up, Mom, because they have faith, right? And so I said, okay, fine. The cat comes in, has her kittens, and the kittens get raised up a little bit. We find homes for all the kittens because we are not keeping a kitten. <laughs> not happening. And then uh, so we find them all good homes, and then here we have this cat. And I said, well, we'll see if she wants to stay. And she did, and she's been Haley's cat ever since. She's been an amazing cat. But, it, you know, that's the product of Haley's faith. That's where her faith was at. So... <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I could share that. Um, but anyways, so we're looking at our capacity for faith. You can have great faith. You can have a little faith. But here's the thing. Your faith will always accomplish what you sent it out to do. If it's real faith, if you really know what you're sending it out to do, and if you have faith for that thing, it will never come back void. It will always, always, always bring results. There's never one time in my entire life that I have ever sent out true faith to get something that I ever didn't get it back. There's not one time, not one time that I ever sent out true faith, like really examining myself with the Holy Spirit and saying, do I have faith for this? Do, is my faith really on this like it ought to be? Or do I need to grow my faith? And, and what else can I do in the meantime to help me out of this situation that I'm in, right? Like, what, 
What means can I do? Where is my faith at? And sometimes my faith is at life and, and resurrection and healing and, and stuff like that for myself or for my family. And sometimes it's at, like these herbs for the cat, right? Like I have faith that the Lord has given us this opportunity to save the cat's life and gave us a good veterinary. Now, she's not, I don't think she's a Christian that I know of, but here we are going to her and telling her we're praying over the cat and she's giving us herbs and the cat's getting healed. And you know what I mean? Like that's where our faith is at. That's where Haley's faith is at, to do something to help the cat and believe God for the rest. Do I know whether those herbs work or not? I don't know. I mean, I did a little bit of research, but I'm not a doctor, right? So, you know, um, but I do know that God is merciful, right? And so there are times where we just have to examine our faith and say, where is my faith at? Where is it truly at? Am I truly believing God for this to happen? Or am I just afraid of the alternative, right? I mean, I, I would love to say to you that um, I'm never going to go to a doctor again. I don't need to. That's not true, you know? <laughs> That's not true because I know where my faith is at, right? Like, I know there are people that say they'll never step foot in a doctor's office. They don't need a doctor. And praise God, that's available, right? But in the meantime, I'm going to see if that's where my faith is really at or not. And I'm not going to be an idiot and try to do something that I don't think I have the faith for. And how do you know if you have the capacity for faith, right? That's probably something you guys are wondering. How do I know? Well, you know. You know. You don't have a plan B. You don't want a plan B. You're not afraid of a plan B. And there's no fear that it's not going to work. There's no fear that it's not going to work. There's no, what if this doesn't work? What if this isn't going to work? Why isn't it working? There's none of that. With real faith, there's none of that. With real faith, there is an assurance. You become what Abraham became, and that is fully persuaded that what God promised, he's able to perform. And then, because of that real faith, you can wait patiently for it, right? Like, you ha if you have real faith, you don't get impatient. You don't. You don't get weary and well-doing if you really have real faith. I mean, you your mind might say, eh, I'm not sure what's going on. But in your heart, there's a knowing that you know that you know that you know that you know that it's going to be fine. It's going to work out. You will be healed. You will be provided for. You will have restoration. Whatever, whatever it is that you're believing God for. Okay, so when Nicole was in Ohio, she was kind of gone for about six years. I mean, she came back for a year and then left again. She's back now. And for that whole time, our relationship was kind of rocky because she was, my, she was my little baby, right? And then boom, she left, and, and that brought up a whole lot of stuff. And then I just started believing God, and I said, God, I believe you that you will preserve this relationship. I believe you that she will come home. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. And I had to get to the point where I was fully persuaded. And eventually, through correction, 
I wish it was just through reading the word, but it was through correction that my faith sharpened up. What happened was I was reading the word, I was speaking the word, I was believing God, but I was a mess on the inside. I was just a mess. Like you wouldn't know it because I'm good at, I'm good at that, but, but I was a mess on the inside, like crying and stuff on the inside. And um, I was crying out to God one time when I was driving and just telling him all of my woes about, about my daughter being all this far away and how she's my baby, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, don't you trust me with her? I trusted you with her when she couldn't feed herself, you know, she couldn't walk, she couldn't speak. Why can't you trust me with her now that she can? And I stood corrected, and that correction brought me so much peace and relief and sharpened my faith to the point of from that moment on, even though it was hard, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't have any feelings or emotions, I did, but from that moment on, I had something called an assurance, a blessed assurance. That faith took hold. It laid hold of God's promises in that moment for that child. And before then, I can't say that I was in faith. I can say that I was trying to have faith. I can say I was trying to believe God. I was doing the best that I could with the capacity that I had, but I had to get scriptures on this. And you know, somebody gave me a book um, about praying for your prodigal daughter, and for I just like, I hated that book. I hated it because in order to read it, I had to admit that my daughter was a prodigal, and I was never going to admit that because that's not my daughter. She's not a prodigal, you know? And eventually the Lord softened my heart, and I was able to open that book and to read it and to start praying these prayers. And I thought, what an idiot I am to not pray these sooner, right? Like hindsight's twenty twenty. But in that moment, I didn't have the capacity for faith to bring her back to, back in our lives. It wasn't necessarily back to Arizona, although that's an added bonus, but back in our lives. And so we have to examine ourselves and say, where is our capacity for faith? Where is it? Think of the one thing that you're currently believing God for. I, and I'm sure there's many, and I hope there's many, but just think of one thing that you're currently believing God for. And there's something in us that knows that we know the solution. In fact, 1 John 2.20 says, you have an anointing or an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things, which means you know the answer, you know the solution. You may not like the answer, you may not like the solution, you know, there's many times where God will tell me this is the solution to this problem, and I'm just like, that is not my favorite. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to speak that. But I know that it's the answer, and so then I just have to decide to obey whether I want to or not. Does that make sense? Like, I know the solution, and this is the solution. And for Haley, regarding the cat, it was, I don't want to have to force these herbs down my cat's mouth because honestly, they taste disgusting. And she knows it because the cat shook her head and she got some in her mouth. And, <laughs> and they burn if they get in your eye. And Haley knows because on Sunday, she got some in her eye. So she knows these are not the best things, but 
she has to take a syringe twice a day and squirt it down the cat's mouth and she doesn't want to do it and she didn't want to do it in the first place but she learned how to do it and successfully and over time she was able to do it and used to doing it and the cat's tolerating it well and all of a sudden one of the lumps was gone and then the second lump was gone and now the third lump is almost gone and you see what I mean like it's not what she wanted to do of course we just we lay our hands on the cat every day in fact this I got to tell you guys this cat when we say our bedtime prayers because I always go in and say a bedtime prayer with Haley and when we say our bedtime prayers the cat will come up and put her paw on our paws and if we it doesn't matter where she's at if she's under the bed when we start praying she will come up and if we don't say god bless this cat she will paw until we will pray in fact one time we were praying in my bedroom and she came in the bedroom and jumped up on my bed which she knows she's not allowed to do and pawed to get her prayer she knows when we're praying and releasing the power of God that she needs to be present for that and she needs that prayer. I'm telling you, this is totally a God thing. God has spoken to this cat and this cat knows to get prayer. And, and so I think the cat has faith. I don't, I'm not even sure, but if it's possible, I think the cat has faith. But this is where our faith is at. We believe that God is healing the cat. We give the glory to God. Many cats that are that bad don't make it, right? But here she is getting healed day by day, hour by hour, better and better and healthier and healthier. And, you know, Haley has to give her those herbs and she doesn't want to, but she does it because that's where our faith is at. And when we examine our faith and realize what is the reality of our faith and do those things that we know that we know on the inside that we are supposed to do, boom, we get the results that we've been wanting right like your physical body is so important because it's your legal right to be here on this earth without a flesh suit you don't have a legal right to be on this earth you don't have a legal right to speak the word of god and affect change in a circumstance here on this earth no spirit does not even god and that's why God sent Jesus in the flesh to take that authority back. And now Jesus in the flesh sits at the right hand of God. His body has been made new, but he's flesh and bone. That's what the scriptures say. He's flesh and bone sitting at the right hand of God because he has the authority on earth. It's amazing. So we've got to take care of our physical bodies. We can't just act like we have faith and play around with it. We have to examine, where's my faith at? Oh, my faith is at this doctor or these treatments or these supplements or my faith is at not eating this food or not eating that food, and that's okay. And there's, there's no condemnation for that, you guys. I know that in a group of Christians and, a, well, even non-Christians, if you make dietary changes, I guarantee you people are going to pick on you. I know because people pick on me. At first, I didn't eat anything because I was picky. And then I didn't eat anything because my doctor told me not to eat it. So I was like, whew, now I have a doctor's reason, so people aren't going to be so harsh. But it's even worse. 
People are even worse because they don't want to make the change themselves. And if, like, for donuts, for example, okay? So everyone's eating a donut, and they're offering you a donut, and you're saying, no, thank you, I don't want a donut. And then they say, well, why don't you want a donut? Why don't you have a donut? It's just a donut. One donut's not going to kill you. Is it? We don't know. Where's your faith at? Do you have faith to eat that donut? Do you know what's in that donut? Do you understand how bad that is for your body? Like, if you, like you have to ask yourself, where is your faith at? One thing I've said before and I love about Curry Blake is he'll drink a soda, a Coca-Cola while he's preaching, and he'll say, this is where my faith is at. I can drink one of these all day long, and it's not going to harm me. And that's wonderful. That's available to all of us, but that's not where my faith is at today. You know what I'm saying? And I know if that's where my faith is at, I could drink a soda, but it's not, so I avoid it because I know where my faith is at. Right now, my faith is in avoiding that food. That's okay, right? But people will pick on you because they don't want to change. They will say, oh, you shouldn't be worried about your weight. You shouldn't be worried about your health. You know, have faith in God. And you're like, well, I do have faith in God, and I actually know where my faith is at, and my faith is not eating a donut. My faith is not doing that. And you, you know, like, be careful, because you're starting to judge another man's servant here. You know, yes, one of these days, my faith will be perfected, and in heaven, I will have probably a room full of pizza and a room full of donuts and french fries and all the good things that I couldn't eat down here because they would affect my physical body, but I'm not worried about it. You know, I have all of eternity to eat as much pizza and donuts as I want. I don't need it right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we have to think about these things. Right now, where my faith is at is abstaining from those foods. It's not... I'm not telling you to abstain from those foods. If you can eat those foods and they don't bother you, then praise God for you. Really, honestly, if you know that it's not going to affect your health and you have faith for that, praise God and keep going and keep going so that we can all come to the unity of that faith so that we can all eat any delicious thing and it won't harm us, right? Like, keep going. Don't let me hold you back. But I think we have to really realize, where is my faith at for healing in this moment? Is your faith that if do you need a brace for something? Is your faith at having a brace? You know, I had um, knee problems a long time ago, a couple Several years ago, I had some knee problems, and I think I limped for two years. It was a long time. It was a long time, guys. And uh, they were making a stage for the church, and they made it just really short. And I was petrified. I was like, I had to muster up faith to step up on that platform, and it wasn't even that high. Like, I couldn't. I, I honestly could not have stepped up on that platform. That's how unhealthy my knees were. And I just, I don't know if I can do this. Even a curb, like if I wasn't holding on to something, I felt unsteady getting up and down off of a curb. But now I can run up and down steps. Praise God. God healed me, right? But where was my faith at? My faith was at sometimes I had to wear a knee brace. Sometimes, you know, when I, when I really understood it and I really got quiet before the Lord, the Lord told me to rest. He said, rest. And for six weeks, I did everything I could to rest my knee, just to rest it. And during that time, I tried to get on my knees. I tried to, I tried to get on my knees like this. 
and just pray before the Lord. And I realized I couldn't do this. I couldn't get on my knees. And I thought, how long has it been since I've been on my knees before the Lord? I don't even know. And so I started crying out to God. God, I need faith. I need to be able to get on my knees and pray. So I put a pillow down, and I, and I get down like, like, kind of like this. My knee wasn't even touching the floor, and I just start praying. Because this was as much as I could get on my knees, and I just started praying, God, help me get on my knees. Help me be able to pray. And eventually I was able to do this, and then eventually I was able to do this, and then eventually I was able to pray on my knees for a long period of time. But it was a process, you guys. And that's where my faith was at, and that's what I had to believe God for was, you know, the ability to get on my knees in prayer notwithstanding steps, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize that my health had deteriorated like that, but it had. And of course, you see me now, the Lord has restored me. But I think we have to ask ourselves, really, where is our capacity for faith? And if it's not where we want it to be, how do we grow it, right? We know that Romans 10:17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God, which is important. We must be in the scriptures. We can't believe God for something that we don't know is covered, right? But once you know healing is covered, once you're persuaded that it is God's will to heal, it's God's will to heal all, it's God's will to heal you, it's God's will to heal that disease that you happen to have, even though you may have brought it on yourself. Like once you know those things, then what? Because where is your faith at, right? And I think that's one of the hardest things is admitting that your faith isn't where you think it is. I think that's a really hard thing because of pride. And, um, but we have to do this. We have to say, where is my faith at? Because the man that had the lunatic son, when the disciples couldn't cast him out, and Jesus looked at the disciples and said, oh, ye of little faith, right? Jesus was able to cast the devil out of the, out of the lunatic son. But he said to the father, if you believe, all things are possible to them that believe. And the father said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. That reaction to say, I do believe, or like I'm trying to believe. Help my unbelief. Yes, I'm falling short, God, but that doesn't mean you can't help me. You know, sometimes my faith goes like this. I'm believing God for something. It's so far above my capacity to believe him for this. But if I believe with all my might, and God hasn't given me any other instructions to do something in the natural, and I believe with all my might, the Holy Spirit comes up together with me, and we both lay hold of that situation and pull it out of the spiritual and into the natural. We do, all the time. But if I'm trying to believe for something that's far out of my capacity for faith to believe, and I'm not making any progress, and Holy Spirit's not saying, let's go. He's saying, go do this, go do that, go do this, go do that. Then I have to realize who's talking to me. 
It's God, and God is saying to go do something in the natural, so I'm going to go do something in the natural. Is that where my faith is? Maybe. It may be, and that's okay. And then if I'll go and do that thing in the natural, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit comes on because I'm obeying, right? And through obedience, God said, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Sometimes my faith is in my obedience, right? Like you just, sometimes the, my capacity to believe God for X is just not there. But my capacity to believe God that I will eat the good of the land because I'm willing and obedient, then it takes my faith, the Holy Spirit takes my faith through that obedience, and now my capacity has grown because I did something that obeyed God. I obeyed God, and my belief in that scripture that if I'm willing and obedient, I will eat the good of the land. I will have what I say. If I obey God. So God gives me something to do, whether it's related or not. Sometimes it's related, sometimes it's not related. God gives me something to do so that I can say, I obeyed God. And once I know in my heart, because this is what matters, is if my heart is fully persuaded or not, once my heart is persuaded that I obeyed God, I'm unstoppable. There's nothing that the enemy can do to stop me. There's nothing he can do to take my healing or my provision or whatever it is away from me if I have no question that I obeyed God, right? Because I may not be able to believe God for X, but I can believe God that if I'm willing and obedient, I will receive the good of the land. One time, and I think I've shared this before, but one time, I was studying and meditating the scripture, faith works by love. And I realized that it wasn't by my love for other people that my faith worked, but it was by God's love for me that my faith worked. So then I said, okay, well, I don't have faith for this God, but I know you love me. And because you love me, my faith works by that love. And my faith wasn't in the my ability to receive healing but my faith was in god's ability to love me and boom healing came so you see there's all these different ways to grow your faith and god knows where your faith is at the question is do you know where your faith is at what scripture and this is something i've heard men and women of god say so many times what scripture are you standing on what scripture are you standing on And if you're always standing on the exact same scripture because that's the only scripture you know and you haven't sat down before the Lord with your problem and your issue, then you don't know if you're actually believing God or not. Now, if God gives you the exact same scripture over and over, that's fine. But why not read his word and find more scriptures so that he can give you more scriptures? Why not read his word every day? And just get more in there so the Holy Spirit has more to work with. Amen? But where, what is God telling you to do in the natural? Is he telling you to do something in the natural? Is he saying, I need you to do this. I want you to do that. Does it seem related or not? Many times God tells me to do something that just seems unrelated. Sometimes it's so related and so obvious. And then, then I just have to overcome my flesh and obey. 
But sometimes it's so unrelated and I have to overcome my mind and my soul because my soul doesn't, it's like this, this doesn't even make sense, God. These things don't go together. You can't, and it's not God withholding. It's just where is my heart at? Like remember, God doesn't look at the outward appearance. So if you say you're believing God, God's not listening to that necessarily. He's looking at the heart. He's saying, do you really? And he knows whether you do or not. We just have to get to a point where we're willing to be vulnerable before the Holy Spirit, not before man. I'm not asking you to tell me all of your beliefs or your unbeliefs or even your neighbor. But just before the Holy Spirit, just in your safe space with the Father, say, Father, am I really believing you for this? Can you show me where I can come up in my faith? I don't want to hear those words, O ye of little faith. I want to hear those words, I have not seen so great a faith. No, not in all of Israel. I just want to be the one that believes you, God. Help me to believe you. Show me what scripture I should be standing on. Show me where my faith is at. Show me what to do. And then show me how to grow my faith so that my faith can be bigger, so that we can enlarge my tent, right? And, and enlarge my capacity for faith, God. Make me able to believe you even better and even stronger so that if anything else comes up, I'm more able to believe you. I'm more strong in faith. We want to do something that the Bible calls waxing strong in faith. We want to wax strong. That means you are getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger to the point in faith where you are unmovable. We want to get to that point where we're, and everybody has a measure of faith. So there is a measure of faith in yourself that is indeed unmovable. But where is that measure of faith? Is it just that you're saved? Is it just that you're going to heaven? Or is it that you're really righteous before God? That God has really forgiven you for all of your sins and taken all of the consequences with it? Where is your faith? Is your faith that by his stripes you were healed? Or that by his stripes he provided healing through a doctor? Or that by his stripes he provided healing as long as you do whatever? Like, like where is your faith? Think about it. Ask the Lord. And when he shows it to you, don't be an idiot like I used to be. Uh, learn from my mistakes and say, God, okay, you showed me this. Now I know what I must do and then do it and do it immediately. If God says, oh, you need to forgive somebody, that's where your faith is at, then just forgive them. Just say, okay, God, I'm just going to let it go. This is what you're telling me to do. I'm not going to make a doctrine out of it. I know people that have been in unforgiveness have been healed, but that's none of my business right now. What is my business is that you told me to forgive this person and let it go. So that's what I'm going to do, God. I don't understand everything. I don't have to understand everything. But you understand me, God. You understand my heart. You know what I can believe for. You know my capacity for faith. You have given it to me. In fact, the scriptures say Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So I just say, Jesus, here's the pen. 
show me what you're writing, show me where you are, show me what I can do to keep my faith active, and please write some more. Please write some more, Jesus. And another way, so the first way you can grow your faith is by studying the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. And the other way is by making your faith active, putting it out there and believing God for something. Don't ever let your faith sit dormant. Um, when I was, years ago before I was a preacher, I'm getting old, Marydale. Everything's years ago now. It's amazing. Everything's years ago. Can you imagine God telling a story? Can you imagine God telling a story? Yeah, he's the ancient of days. He's so old. I'm young compared to him. That's who I compare myself to. <laughs> I'm young compared to him. So, but anyways, years ago, I was selling Avon, and I would order 800 Avon books every two weeks. And, be, and I did order that many because it was 13 cents a book if I ordered that many. It really knocked the cost down, right? So then I would have to put a label on every book, and I would have to distribute all of those books every two weeks. I had to give out 800 Avon books to whoever. I didn't have 800 customers, so I just had to make sure I got them out to 800 people. Because any time there was a book that was sitting on my shelf, it was a waste of my 13 cents, you guys. It was doing me no good. I don't care if the customer took that book, looked at that book, and threw it in the trash. That did me some good because that told me that that person is not my customer, right? But if that book was sitting on my shelf in my office, it did me no good. None. Zilch. Because it was just sitting there, laying dormant. Just getting fat, if you will. It was doing nothing, right? And so it's the same thing with our faith. We've got to keep our faith active. We've got to put it out there and put our faith on something. Even if you say, well, Pastor Cindy, I am just good. I'm good from head to toe. I don't need healing. My family's good. My finances are good. I I don't have anything I can ask God for today. First of all, it's not right to lie. But second of all, if you really are in that position, what are you putting your faith on to help other people? You, if you have everything you need, why not believe God for double so that you can give away a car or a house or grocery money or a rent payment or something like why or clothing or why not believe God so that you can give some stuff away right why not increase your capacity like that I heard Jesse Duplantis say this a long long time ago he was believing God and if you don't know Jesse Duplantis I've got to tell you this man is a man of God and he is filthy stinking rich like I mean loaded rich and thank God he is, because we need more Christians that are loaded with money. We do, because we need to understand that we don't have to have a poverty mindset, that God wants us blessed, right? Well, Jesse was believing God for a jet and a jet and a jet and a jet, and he has had all these jets, and then he starts believing God for this amazing jet. It's top of the line, and he gets it, and he said he was satisfied. He was happy. He was satisfied. And God was like, okay, what's next? And Jesse's like, no, no. 
I'm, I'm good. I'm satisfied. And God's like, is that all I can do? Jesse, is that all I can do? Jesse, you got to get your faith on something. Get your faith on something. Get your faith on something. And so then Jesse started believing God for more. But can you imagine being in the house you've always dreamed of, all your family's doing fine, never having any need for money, and God saying, is that all I can do? Is that all I can do? Even in that moment, God is trying to enlarge his capacity for faith and to receive from God because God's blessings are so big. If, if Jesse in that capacity can be corrected by God, is that all I can do? What about us in our capacity? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not as wealthy as Jesse Duplantis is yet. I'm going to say yet because I'm believing God for it. If it's available to him, it's available to me, and it's available to you. It's available. We may as well take what's available, right? We're not going to need it in heaven. We have mansions in heaven. That's not where I need my finances. I need them here, and I need them now. Amen? So I'm going to believe God for it here and now. We need physical bodies that are healed and made whole and renewed and restored so that we're not dragging ourselves around, trying to say something in faith, trying to have authority, and not understanding our authority, right? We need healthy physical bodies and lots of finances so we can go forth and be a force for this, that, that God can use in this world for his glory, amen? Like, this is who we need to become, and it doesn't matter how old you are. It's never too late. It doesn't, not, it doesn't even matter. Moses was 120, and his strength was not abated. His eyesight was not dim, but his strength was not abated. That means he, he didn't have those, oh, I just don't have the capacity to do that today. No, he had the capacity to climb a mountain the day he died. That's amazing. That's where Moses' faith was at. Now, I don't know where mine is at in that regard, but I have faith to be able to climb a mountain today. Amen? And then we do, we do what we have faith to do, and then we know we can put our faith more and out there. So we have to realize, where is your faith actually at? What do you actually need to do to receive from God, and how can you grow your faith? The first thing you have to do to grow your faith is read the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. And the second thing that you need to do is make your faith active. Don't let it sit dormant like an Avon book on the shelf doing you no good. Get it out there. Put it on something. If you are just believing God for a nice pair of earrings, really, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Because when you start believing God for the little things, it does something inside of you when you actually realize the, the fruit of what you're believing God for. See, before Haley could believe God for a cat, she believed God for other things. It was, she needed a new pair of shoes. I said, we're going to have to believe God for that. She needed a new outfit. We're going to have to believe God for that. She wanted an iPod you're going to have to believe God. I didn't say we. I said, you're going to have to believe God for that. You know, she wanted an iPod back when iPods were new. It's a long time ago. She was a little kid, a little kid. I wasn't going to buy myself an iPod or my older kids an iPod. I certainly wasn't going to buy her an iPod. 
Like, you don't buy a little kid an iPod, right? Well, she wanted an iPod. We had MP3 players, but she wanted an iPod. And so Nicole was working with Power Paws assistance dogs, and we were raising an assistance dog. And they were having this big um, nonprofit fundraising picnic with prizes and all this stuff. Well, we didn't know, but they were giving away an iPod that day. And Haley had had her faith on an iPod already for a few months. It was in her heart. She wanted it. She won. She left that picnic with that iPod. And she knew that whatever she asked God for, God would give it to her. God would give it to her. And so when I told her to believe God for a cat, well, it was toast. She knew she was going to get her cat. She knew, she knows whatever she puts her faith to, she's going to receive it. Because when you start believing God for these little things, this is one of the reasons why people say that poor people have great faith. Because they literally have no other option than, than to believe God for daily food, water, and shelter. They have no other option. And when God proves himself to their heart, because he's always willing that he will provide for them food, water, and shelter on a daily basis, they start believing God for bigger things. Well, God, if you can do this, you can do that. Well, God, if you can do this, you can do that. Well, God, if you can do this, you can do that. You know, there was a time that I was homeless. My husband and I, my husband at the time, not Ryan, but my other husband, we went, we moved to Oregon because he wanted to get me away from my family. So we moved to Oregon. We didn't have a place. We lived in a hotel for about six weeks. Well, he didn't want me working. And so the money ran out, and we had to live in our van. So we were in the van for a couple of weeks, and I thought to myself, I'm going to believe God for a three-bedroom, two-story townhouse. But on the way to that, I'm going to believe God for shelter. And so within two weeks, we got a travel trailer, just a 15-foot travel trailer. And we lived in there with, with uh, three of the kids, and they were all in diapers. They were very, very young. And um, we had a stove then, and we had running water. We didn't have a place to hook it up to because I didn't know to believe God for that because I didn't know how travel trailers worked. But we had a tank that we could fill and um, so then I had, I had to believe God for diapers. And then we met another homeless couple that had just potty trained their child. And they gave us all their diapers. And they were just happened to be the right sizes for all of my kids. Like, like what? You know, like we, this faith has been tested and seasoned, you know. And it wasn't long before um, my husband at the time said, you know, I'm going to call my old employer, see if they have any job openings. He used to work for a Super 8 motel. They said, we have a job opening in, well, first we came to Mesa, sorry. We came to Mesa so that I could go to my grandmother's house and shower. And we were living in the Home Depot parking lot on Arizona Avenue and um, not Southern, but it, they moved it. It used to be on Arizona Avenue and Southern Country Club, but then they moved it to the other side of the freeway on between Baseline and the 60. We were living in that Home Depot parking lot in a 15-foot travel trailer with three kids. And it wasn't too long, but then we, um, we finally had enough money for a hotel for a night, so we went to the hotel, and I said, while we have a hotel, 
why don't you call your old employer and ask if they have any job openings so that he had a phone number so they could call back. And so he did, and they said, we have one job opening, and it's in Sholo, Arizona, which he was from Springerville, so Sholo was even better because it actually had a Walmart. And so um, they said, we have one job opening. Um, the, you have to live on site, which was normal for that kind of a job. And the, um, the house is three-bedroom, and it's two-story. I was like, hallelujah, my faith is working because that's where my faith was at, right? And so wherever, wherever you are, put your faith on something. Get it active, get it working. And if you can't believe God for $10, believe God for five. If you can't believe God for a full healing, at least start believing God that you won't get any worse. I've seen that work and I've heard it work. I heard an evangelist, I think it was Kenneth E. Hagan said, he went to pray for a woman and she said, I don't have faith for this. I can't believe God for healing. And he said, well, can we at least believe God that you won't get any worse? And she said, yeah, I can believe God, I won't get any worse. So then a day goes, because she was in a downhill spiral. So then a day goes by and she didn't get any worse. So then he said, well, can we believe God that you won't get any worse? And, yeah, I can believe God that it won't get any worse. So the next day goes by, okay, won't, she didn't get any worse. And then it was, oh, can you believe God that you'll just get a little bit better? Well, yeah, I can believe God, I'll just, just get a little bit better. So she started improving. And eventually there was a time, I think it was a few weeks' time, I'm not exactly sure, but eventually there was a time where she just started believing God for her full healing. And she got completely healed, up off her deathbed, walking around, talking like nothing, like she'd never been sick before in her life. How amazing is God, right? But she had to start, first she was just laying in bed, thinking, I believe God, why isn't it working? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't believe God, why isn't it working? If, it was, if he was God, if he wanted to heal me, he would have healed me. Like all these thoughts and things and feelings and normal stuff that go through people's heads. But then somebody comes in and says, where is your capacity for faith? Her capacity for faith was so small that all she could believe God for was that she won't get any worse. That's it. But how precious is that faith? And the Holy Spirit comes in and takes hold together with her and pushes back the darkness in the spiritual realm and pushes and starts healing the body and making it so she's not going to get any worse. That's it. And then when she started believing God for healing, the Holy Spirit comes in and lays hold together with her and starts healing the body just a little bit because that's all she can believe for, but just a little bit just enough. And then she starts believing God for more. Well, I believe I can get a little better. I believe I can get a little more better. I believe God can heal me the whole way through. And boom, Holy Spirit heals her the whole way through. But she had to go through that process of increasing her capacity for faith. And we have to be realistic with where our faith is at. We have to say, am I a disciple of Jesus that Jesus is going to look at and say, oh, ye of little faith, and the truth is, if you've been believing God for a long time for something and nothing's moving, maybe you're that disciple that is an oh ye of little faith. And that's okay. Because once you see it and admit it, 
the Holy Spirit will come in and help you right where you're at. Like there's no judgment on this, you guys. It doesn't matter if you have the tiniest little bit of faith or the greatest faith. What God is interested in doing is healing you. He's interested in you receiving all that he has for you. And who cares if you have to receive it in stages or all at once? Who cares if you get not bad or even better? Either way, it's a miracle from God, and we can rejoice in that miracle, and we're moving forward, and we're moving in the right direction, right? Who cares where your capacity of faith is at? It's not a judgment thing. God is not looking at you and saying, wow, you really should be a lot further than that by now. No, God is not the accuser of the brethren. Satan's the accuser of the brethren. That's his title. He'll go around accusing everybody. He'll tell you you're not good enough. You don't have enough faith. You've never had enough faith, and you never will have enough faith. Well, I'll just say, well, you know what, Satan? I don't care if I don't have enough faith right now. Jesus is the author and finisher of my faith, and he's going to lay hold together with me wherever my faith is at, and we're going to kick the snot out of you in every way we can, and you may be attacking me, and you may be beating me up right now, but you know your days are numbered because no longer am I going to be in pride over how much faith I may have. I'm going to say, God, help my unbelief. Help me right where I'm at, God. I'm not going to pretend to believe you anymore. I'm just going to throw myself at the foot of your cross and ask for mercy. I'm going to ask for mercy. Sure, I should have read the Bible more. So should have you. Sure, I should have prayed more. So should have you. Sure. But I'll tell you what. God is more willing to heal us than we have any clue than we think or imagine. He's more willing and more able to help us overcome. He has the audacity to say in the scriptures, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph through Christ Jesus. What a bold statement to say that we always triumph. God must know something that we don't. And this is what he knows. This is what he's shown me for you guys and for me. Where is your capacity for faith? Okay, so it's not where it should be. Don't feel bad about it. Don't you waste one minute feeling bad about that. Don't you dare agree with Satan. You just say, this is my capacity for faith. It's smaller than what I wanted it to be, but here's where it is. And from this point on, the Holy Spirit and I are going to grow it. And we're going to lay hold together, and we're going to triumph in these little things. And eventually, Mountain, you are coming down. You may have to come down one rock at a time, but you are coming down. In Jesus' name, Mountain, you will come down. I might be here. I might be chipping away at the foothills, but I don't care. Mountain, you're next. Watch these rocks get pulverized. Watch these enemies be destroyed right now. Watch this mountain. Watch this Satan. Watch this disease flee. Watch this pain go. And I'm telling you, even the thing, Satan, that you thought you could take me out with, the thing that you thought I was going to have for the rest of 
of my life, mountain, you are coming down. You may not move all at once, but you will move because I will not stop. I will not stop realizing where my faith is at and what my faith needs to do and how to grow my faith. I'm going to hold on with everything that's in me and Christ is in me so that's a lot and I'm going to hold on tight and I'm going to keep speaking to these mountains and I'm going to say okay this is where my faith is at that's fine that's fine I'm not moved I'm not worried God knew it ahead of time he's not worried he's not up there pacing the floors of heaven oh my gosh I wonder why they don't have more faith he's not doing that he's sitting on the throne He's already sent the word of healing. He's so pleased with you when you recognize where your faith is at and where you say, God, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Grow my capacity for faith, God. Enlarge my tent. Help me to lay hold of what I'm believing you for. I'm not going to pretend anymore. I'm not going to tell my whole heathen family that I'm believing God. <laughs> I'm just going to believe you where I'm at. And I'm going to rest and know that your mercy and your grace will cover me. And as I grow, Holy Spirit, you are going to help me to be stronger and to have more faith and to be responsible for more. But right now, I'm just a baby. My faith is a baby. And you're the author and the finisher of my faith, Jesus. Let's find out where your faith is at. And you know where your faith is at. First John 2.20 says, you know. You know all things. But will you get quiet? Will you examine yourself? Will you listen to what the Lord says? Or will you be prideful and say, you know what? Will you be prideful and be the good Christian on the outside but dying on the inside? Or will you be realistic with God and say, God, I want to believe you more. I don't know if I can, but I know you'll help me. You know, one thing I love about Charles and Frances Hunter, I was listening to them years and years ago, and she was praying to God. And she knows God. And she said to God, I don't know if I love you, God but I know you love me. I want to love you, but I don't know if I love you. Help me love you. And I thought, oh, that's a dangerous prayer. Why would I ever say to God, I don't know if I love you? But something got in me. I caught something from her. I caught a bit of humility. And I started examining myself. And it wasn't long that I actually prayed that prayer and I said, God, I don't know if I love you. I hope I love you, but help me love you. And you know, my capacity for loving God has enlarged so much 
from that point, when I look back, I don't think I did love God compared to what I love God now. But without getting into pride, I'll still once in a while say, because there's a scripture that says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And I'll still check, God, I don't know if I love you with all my heart, but I want to. And I don't know if I love you with all my mind, but I want to. And I don't know if I love you with all my soul, but I want to. And I don't know if I love you with all my strength, but I want to. And I need you to help me get there. And I caught that humility. And if you take that over into the realm of faith and you say, God, I don't know if I can believe you for this, but I want to. I don't know if this is settled in my heart yet, but I want it to be. God, would you help me believe you for this? God, would you help me find out where my faith is at? What scripture am I standing on? And you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised sometimes at the scriptures that God will give you because they're ones that are so built in you, but you didn't put it together. You didn't put two and two together like the willing and obedient one for me. I didn't know that I had so much faith in that scripture, but less faith in another scripture, right, for, the, for some situations. And God said, if you be willing and obedient. And man, when I, took, when I stepped out and obeyed, God has done some great things. I'll share it with you guys later, but God has done some great things some wonderful things in my life. He's doing them right now, all because I was willing and obedient. Something I didn't want to do, but I'm doing it. And God has laid hold together with me, and we're getting the victory, and I see it, and I see the victory. And that's important, because before that, before that act of obedience, there was something in me that knew what I had to do, didn't want to do it, and I couldn't see the victory. But once I stepped into that obedience, I saw the victory. And once you see the victory, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen in the natural realm, but I see it in the spirit, and I know my faith sees it, and I have evidence for it. I have the title deed to what I was asking for. I have it, I have it, and I know it's gonna be okay. But until I was in the, at this point, God had mercy and helped all along the way, and helped all along the way. And he's helping you, and he's merciful, and he's going to help you more. But ask him, get quiet with him and say, God, I don't know where my faith is at. I always thought I had great faith. I don't know if I have great faith, God, do I? Do I even have as much faith as the disciples that walked with you when you said, oh, ye of little faith? Do I even really have mustard seed faith? Do I? And if I do, how do I use it? How do I grow? How do I increase my capacity? Reading the word and keeping your faith active. And keep it active for a lot of things. You know the, um, the term that Christians use, release your faith. 
Release your faith on something. I used to think, and this is just me, I have to go to the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Read a bunch of scriptures. Build myself up and then release my faith. But then in order to have more faith, I had to go back to the scriptures and fill that back up and then release my faith. And then I got to the point, because this is what Satan did to me. He said, you don't want to release your faith for that. What if you need it for an emergency? And I was like, oh, you're right. Well, a couple of weeks went by and I was doing nothing with my faith. And I didn't have any more capacity for faith. It just wasn't active because I was afraid of releasing it, right? And then I realized that's not how it works. It is a release of your faith, but it's, it's like your faith is a muscle. And if you don't use your muscles, they get weak. But if you use your muscles, they start getting stronger every time. They're either, when you're older, your muscles are either getting stronger or they're getting weaker. There's no in-between. There's no, your muscles are just sitting there, but they're fine. No, you're either getting stronger or you're getting weaker, which is why we have to move and work out and walk and do things every single day, right? Like it's kind of annoying, right? We just want to sit on the couch and do nothing, but here we are having to exercise every single day. It's a thing. We have to. We have to move our body and move our muscles every day. It's the same with faith, you guys. We have to exercise our faith every single day. And if I have faith and I can believe God that God is going to provide for me tonight a nice dinner, which I do actually, and thank you, God, for that. I'm going to get a nice dinner tonight. I don't know what it is, but I'm excited now. If I have faith that God is going to provide today all of my needs for today not necessarily tomorrow I don't have to worry about tomorrow but today if I need gas in my car God will provide it if I have a bill that's due God will provide it if I what stresses me out is think because I'm a planner so I like to have everything planned for the whole year I I'm not like I'm at my best when everything for the whole year is paid and everything for the whole year is planned and I can just live in the year and by June I want to plan the next year and pay all my bills for the next year like I'm just at my best when I can do that if I can pay insurance ahead of time I'm going to do it and so I don't have a monthly fee I don't have to think about it I don't have to worry about it right but it can get stressful if I start trying to believe God for something that I don't have the capacity to believe him for. Like my mortgage payment. I want to pay, pay my mortgage for the year, and I don't want to think about it again, but that's not practical, right? So the Lord and I have an agreement that I have a, an account for my mortgage, and as long as I keep putting the money in that account for my mortgage, I'm ahead by a couple of months, it's on auto pay right? So all I have, my responsibility is just depositing money in that account and not taking money out of that account for other things. Like those are my responsibilities. But it's, but I can believe God for the money to put in that account. And eventually I will get to a point where I am a year ahead in that account or two or three years ahead in that account. And that's going to be just fine with me. And I believe God because Every, every month, I get a little bit more ahead by partial payments. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm just believing God that I'm going to have that money in that account and not have to worry about it. But, um, but that's where my faith is at. And you have to ask yourself, where is my faith at? And put it out on things, not just on healing, you guys. Put it out. If you have the capacity to believe God for something that's $5, 
then see if you have the capacity to believe God for eight things that are $5. Really, see if you have that capacity and grow your capacity for faith. Grow it, grow it, grow it by putting it out there, putting it out there. Always, I'm believing God for this today. I'm believing God for that today. I'm believing God for this today. You know, there was a time a few years ago when my hair was falling out um, a few years ago and it just was getting so thin and I couldn't understand why and it just started thinning and it, it was awful. I hated it so much. And I went to um, the beauty parlor so they could give me like a layered haircut and it was just so thin and, and I just started praying to God, God, I want my hair back. I believe you for my hair. And I started believing God for my thick hair to come back, and it did. And it came back beautiful, and it was wonderful, and it was glorious. And then I thought, what else can I put my faith on regarding my hair? Then I started believing God for my natural color to come back. And it started coming back, and it's still coming back. Like, I don't have to dye my hair anymore. I had a lot more gray before, but I don't anymore. And I've got a little bit of the strawberry blonde in my hair up here now. And then um, that, came, that started coming back. And then when I had COVID and then I got out of COVID and then I lost a lot of hair and I thought, well, hey, this is familiar. I know God will grow my hair back. I didn't have to waste time saying, do I have the faith for this? Do I not? No, we've already been around this mountain. God's got it, boom. And now I have all these hairs that have been growing back since COVID and they're thick and they're actually, and then I thought, well, what can I believe God for? And I said, you know what? I'll believe God for curly hair. So all those hairs have come in curly. And can you imagine what I have to go through in the morning? I have to straighten those hairs or else I have all this curly hair underneath of these straight hairs. And it just, it looks ridiculous, guys. And when I sweat or something, or if I get my hair wet, like these hairs are just so curly under here. And they just are so poofy under here and all curly. And I'm just like, wow. Um, I should have started believing God for the rest of my hair to be curly, which I am, but, you know, anyways. But I just, just saying, to increase your capacity for faith, and it may seem silly to you, well, psh, why are you wasting your faith on believing God for your hair to be thicker? But I'll tell you, there was somebody that I love dearly, and they had to go through chemotherapy, and they lost their hair. And I said to them, I've seen this. I've seen God regrow hair, and I've seen him do it quickly, and I'm going to believe God with you that he will, and it'll all come back. And their hair all came back, and it's beautiful, and it's beautiful. So it may seem silly to some people. Why are you wasting your faith on believing God for hair? But you know, it meant something to me, and it meant something to that person too. And it means something to me now, and in the future, if somebody has thinning hair, I'm happy to speak a word of life over your hair, because I know God cares. And he, the scripture for that is he knows the number of hairs on my head. And if he knows the number of hairs on my head, then he knows how many they're supposed to be, and he'll make them grow. He'll put them back. But now I don't have to worry about my hair. So I ask myself, what else can I believe God for? Natural color to come back, and that's what I'm believing him for. Now I got curls coming in. Praise God. What can I believe God for regarding my face? No wrinkles. 
No wrinkles, no saggy skin as I'm losing weight. What can I believe God for my knees and my legs? More mobility, more flexibility. What can, what can I believe God for regarding my health? Stronger countenance, more able to do exercise. I can play tennis, I can play racquetball, I can play basketball. Well, I'm gonna believe God I can do that for more than five minutes. I'm gonna believe God for six. I'm gonna believe God for eight. Wherever my faith is at, And I would ask you this morning, this question, where is your faith at? Where is it really at? And don't take any condemnation. Just lay hold with the Holy Spirit and get those results because immediately when you see the fruit of your labor, the fruit of your faith, immediately you're going to be able to believe God for just a little bit more. Immediately. And then you're going to see that come to pass, and then you're going to be able to believe God for even more, and even more, and even more, and even more. And before you know it, we're going to be the ones that Jesus is looking at, and he's going to turn to the crowd, and he's going to say about you, I have not seen such great faith. No, not in all of Mesa. Not in all of Arizona. You have the greatest capacity for faith what are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? And if you think you don't have anything to believe God for, just get together with somebody sitting around you or come over to me. I'll give you something to believe God for. I got a lot. Any one of us, we have stuff we're believing God for. Put your faith on it and get it moving and going and growing. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Well, do you guys have any questions before I close in prayer? Well, praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this word about our faith. Thank you for helping us right where we're at. Thank you for your mercy and your grace and your solutions. Thank you for your solutions, God. We've been praying for solutions, and here they are. Thank you for a clear path, a clear path to grow our faith and to put our faith on it. And thank you for the assurance that it's okay if we don't believe you like we think we should. But thank you that we're all going in the right direction and that we'll keep going in the right direction. And we give you glory and honor and praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.